We were in Wexford yesterday after a fire at the hospital as hundreds of patients were being moved out. Today, maternity services are reopening at the hospital. The Taoiseach says he will visit later. Mick Malloy is a consultant in emergency medicine at Wexford General Hospital. We can speak to him now. Mick Malloy, good morning. Thanks for taking our call today. Good morning. What's happening there today? So, well, continuity of operations in place at the moment. So there's a small number of patients who weren't evacuated or being cared for. Some of the areas of the hospital that are not as affected, they're being reopened. And there's business continuity happening to look at the damage and look at what it's going to take to repair and get the hospital back to full working order. Where you work, the emergency department, was it damaged? No, it's the far end of the hospital. It wasn't damaged at all at the moment. But an emergency department is only a functional environment if you've got the admitting building behind it. So at the moment, the emergency department is closed until we can get the critical care areas and the admission wards off the ground. Otherwise, if you had a lot of patients attending, you'd be trying to ferry every one of them to another hospital if they required admission, which 20 to 25% of your attendees do. So where will people go who need emergency treatment in the area, who would normally come to you? Normally, well, the first protocols or port of calls would be their their general practitioners if it's the the lower end of the emergency scale. And if it's more serious, it would be Waterford Regional. It would be Kilkenny or St. Vincent's if they're up towards the north of the county. So that's where an ambulance will take them, yes? Ambulance will definitely take them to those places, but if the person is ferrying themselves, that's where they should be directing themselves. When do you expect to reopen? I'm not sure of that because that's going to be dependent on the engineers and the fire safety to look at to make sure there's no residual, <coughs> excuse me, no residual issues and also getting the the plant machinery back operational again. So, I mean, that's in, in another department. I, I wait their guidance. Do you know what patients will be able to be seen today? What patients will, will and I don't mean the patients that are that are still there, the, the small number, but what new patients will be able to be seen today? Well, I understand the maternity services are back opening this morning, um, and that's about all I'm aware of. The inpatient services will be no new inpatients added in right now. Does that mean babies will be delivered at the hospital from today? That's my understanding of it. Um, the outpatient services are closed and the emergency department is closed and the wards are still evacuated but plans are in play to repatriate those patients as soon as we determine that it's safe to do so. We'll be talking to uh, Damien McCallion of the HSE a little bit later in the programme. I understand there, there was at least an initial assessment uh, of the scale of damage done at the hospital with a view to seeing when repairs can be done. What lessons do you believe were learned from yesterday? I think one <coughs> excuse me, one phenomenal lesson that was learned is that in a disaster, people are able to go into the mode of preparing, using the plans, using the, the um, training that they have inherent to make sure nobody came to harm and that a successful operation took place to, to get the patients out safely. Nobody was injured, no patient, no staff member was injured. And that's phenomenal. What we have to do now is look back at this and go, if this ever happened again, could we repeat this? And were there any lessons learned? So after any particular type of incident, you'd look at this and go, right, where were the things that we'd like to improve on the next time? What went particularly well and what can we improve? Well, and one, that's where we are right now. One of those things, and I mean, you would know yourself that during COVID, things that had to be done quickly were often um, things that might have taken years otherwise. When the hospital was trying to find beds for people who needed to be evacuated quickly, that was done centrally. And Whereas usually if you're trying to find a bed for a patient in a hospital when you don't have any beds, you've got to start ringing around yourself. 
That's correct. And that was one of the things. And in fairness to my colleagues in hospitals around the country, we all started getting text messages and WhatsApp from hospitals saying we can take this number of beds and we can take that number of beds. And we had to kind of organize to get that funneled in centrally so that the people who were involved in the response phase weren't actually taking all those calls. But that did happen. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that would be something of, of interest for the future going forward, because Yes, you're right. In, in a smaller hospital, when we have periods when we're over capacity, we need an additional patient admitted to ICU or to a pediatric ICU. We have to get on the phone to other hospitals around the country. It, it would be a good advance to have what's called a centralized bed bureau. So you've one number to ring and that person would then go and try and find out which intensive care unit or which hospital with cardiothoracic surgery can take your patient next rather than the people who are in the middle of treating that patient having to take time out to find the bed somewhere else. Mick Malloy, Consultant in Emergency Medicine at Wexford General Hospital. Thank you for speaking with us this morning. More on this story later.